May 8, 2023. We're in Masechet Be'etza, if you count from the top of the Amud downward, it's 24 lines down. It's basically in the middle of the Amud. The second word on the line says the Gemara, Amar Rav Hiya Barashe Amarav, Mania Hadam Eruve Tehumin, Miyom Tob Lehavero Umatne. The statement here of Rav goes as follows If a person found themselves on Yom Tob, realizing Thursday, Friday, going into Shabbat, that they don't have an Eruv Tehumin, we discussed in the past what an Eruv Tehumin is, outside of every city. There's a 2,000 amah, that's 3,000 feet area, so to speak, border, wherein on Shabbat, on Yom Tov, you're allowed to leave the city and then walk until that 2,000 amah mark. If you're interested in going further than it, generally speaking, before Shabbat, before Yom Tov, you're supposed to, at the edge of that tehum, in other words, get to the 2,000 amah, you want to go eastward, you want to go westward, you get to that place, and you leave over there food for Shabbat. Now, you might not be eating there on Shabbat, you might not be actually spending time, but you've designated that place as, so to speak, your dwelling or your second dwelling place for Shabbat, for Yom Tov. And as a result, you'll get another 2,000 amah from the end of the Tehum and outward. In such a circumstance, however, it's Thursday, Friday, Yom Tov, going into Shabbat, and on Shabbat, you promised your relative 4,000 amot outside of your city that you'll be visiting them. But you haven't prepared neiruv tehumin. How can you? Are you able to fix the situation? The statement in turn of Rav goes as follows. <coughs> Leave the eruv tehumin on the first day of Yom Tov. Walk all the way to the edge of the 2,000 amah. Leave your eruv tehumin over there and make a condition. The condition would be stated as follows. If today is Yom Tov and tomorrow is a weekday, so then what I'm doing right now is nothing. It's Yom Tov. I can't leave the eruv tehumin on Yom Tov. The next day. <laughs> However, if today is the weekday and tomorrow is the Yom Tov, Oh, so then I'm establishing my Eruv Tehumin on a weekday, the next day. We mentioned it without reading it in the Gemara, because we mentioned it from Rashi, because Rashi on Tetzayin Amud told us we're talking about Rosh Hashanah. On the next day, you go, you make the statement again. You don't need to leave a new Eruv Tehumin. You left the bread already there from yesterday, and you make the statement again. If yesterday was a weekday, then what I left then is my Eruv Tehumin, and what I'm doing now is nothing. If today is the weekday, and yesterday was the holiday, so that I'm leaving my Eruv Tehumin from now. Effectively, what you're doing through this condition is you're placing an Eruv Tehumin on Yom Tov, and it can be used for Shabbat. How are you doing so? By stipulating. If today's a weekday, this is my real Eruv Tehumin. If tomorrow's the weekday, that's my real Eruv Tehumin. You want to ideally prepare before. Keep in mind, you won't be able to utilize this on the first day of Yom Tov, right? Because the first day of Yom Tov might be my Yom Tov, and I don't have an Eruv Tehumin. Right. So in such a circumstance, you're able to do it after the fact. Amarava, Ravak. You are not really because not really though because since it's a two-day Yom Tov, one day is Hall, one day is Kodesh. I'm stating on each one of these days that if today is Kodesh, I'm not preparing for afterwards. I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. I'm leaving a piece of bread over here. I'm allowed to do so.
What's that? That's right. What about tomorrow? Tomorrow. If today is Yom Tov, it's meaningless. If today is Chol, this is Ma'iduf Tehumin for tomorrow. Because I can't prepare for Shabbat from Yom Tov. So if today is Chol, this is my preparation for Shabbat. If yesterday was Chol and today is Kodesh, then what I'm doing now is insignificant. I did my, my deed yesterday. And it's the same statement on each of the two days. Amar Rava, Rava says you could do the same thing with regards to your Eruv Tavshilin, not only Eruv Tehumin. Amar Rava, Maniyah Adam Eruve Tavshilin Miyom Tov Lechavero Umakneh. You can and should in such a circumstance maybe do the same thing. What do I mean the same thing? On the first day of Yom Tov when you realize you didn't leave your Eruv Tavshilin, so leave an Eruv Tavshilin and say, if today is the weekday, after all it's a two-day Yom Tov, one of the days is Hol, one of the days is Kodesh. It's a gezera or it's a, it's a minhag from the rabbis to keep both days as Kodesh. Effectively, though, only one of these two days is Kodesh. It's because we once had a safik. We were once uncertain as to the true status of Yom Tov. And therefore, on the first day, I say, this is Ma'iruv Tavshilin. If today is the weekday and tomorrow is the holiday, this is Ma'iruv Tavshilin so that I can cook tomorrow for Shabbat. On the next day, you say as well, if today is the Kodesh, then what I left yesterday was Ma'iruv Tavshilin. If today is Hol, well, then I'm allowed to be cooking on, your, on a hall for Shabbat. In such a way, you can solve, you can bring forth a solution. You don't even need to, so to speak, turn to the Rav Ha'ir. You don't need the individual who was leaving the Eruv Tavshilin, whom we read about earlier, whom we don't want to per se depend upon on more than one occasion according to Shohan Aruch, according to the simple reading of the Gemara, you wouldn't need to. You make a conditional Eruv Tavshilin. Say it again. That's what the Gemara is saying. Rava's statement. I don't know halakha. I don't know halakha. I know Rava right now. What's that? Before Yom Tov. That was our first Mishnah. If you want to be cooking on the first day of Yom Tov, as I told you a moment ago, for Shabbat, you need it before Yom Tov. In such a circumstance, you're losing out on the first day of Yom Tov. You can't use the first day of Yom Tov. First day of Yom Tov might be Kodesh, in which case you don't have an Eruv Tavshilin. This will only work for the second day of Yom Tov. We want, ideally, that you'll be able to cook on both days of Yom Tov. Because then on the first day, Thursday, I left my Eruv Tavshilin, which is effectuating a permissibility for Friday. Why? I just feel like I don't have to go, or maybe I can open the light now because if it's not, it's the first day. But not really, because what's my condition? If today is whole, I can open the light. If today is Kodesh, then I can't. So how are you opening the light? In other words, over here all you're doing is you're putting out food. Either the food is nothing, I'm not doing a melacha with the food, the food is nothing or the food is something. Tomorrow, either the food is nothing or the food is something. Ultimately speaking, tomorrow I had a something over here, either from Thursday or today is completely permitted. You're not. You're very clearly not. You have cooked food already. You didn't per se. You don't need to be cooking the food l'shem eruv tavshili. You need to be leaving it lishma and with the right intent. Says the Gemara. He doesn't agree with with Shimuel, obviously. Otherwise, Shimuel would have told the blind man, "Don't eat from the table." 
Interesting question. Says Morris, we had in our Gemara earlier the Rav Ha'ir. We had the Rav Ha'ir in several circumstances, and as a result, Shimuel, who was uh, Avu Hadishmuel, not Shimuel, Avu Hadishmuel, the father of Shimuel, told the blind person, You were Posheats two times in a row, you haven't left your Eruf Tafshirin. Why didn't he tell him to make a conditional Eruf Tafshirin? One of two answers to that or three, either he doesn't agree, we assume not that way, or Ran Rabbeinu Nisim explained on that Gemara that that story took place on the second day of Yom Tov, too late, you didn't leave your conditional Eruv on the first day, or Rashi explained that we were dealing with Rosh Hashanah in that circumstance. If you're dealing with Rosh Hashanah, you can't pull off this tonight. This tonight, this condition is only if one day is Hall and one day is Kodesh, Rosh Hashanah, we already established in the first Perik, is Kedusha Ahat. They have the same sanctity on both days. All right, that's what we have in our Gemara, though, a condition. We'll talk about the applicability, Charlie, in a few moments. But before that, says the Gemara, Mande Amar, Misha Amar, the opinion who says, Eruv Tehumin, that was the Rav, he all the more so would agree that you can do an Eruv Tavshilin. We'll have to address in a moment in the Gemara. What's the Kol Shekin? What's all the more so? If you're telling me I could do the condition with one, all the more so I could do it with the other? What's, uh, why is one more novel, more of a Hidush than the other? Here's how the Gemara explains it. And the second opinion, that of Rava, who said I can make a conditional Eruv when it comes to my Tavshilin, when it comes to I might draw the line. According to Rava, I might say it's permitted to do this conditional Eruv Tavshilin on Yom Tob for Shabbat, of course, when it comes to Eruv Tavshilin. For Eruv Tehumin, I would draw the line. Why so? What's the reason that maybe Eruv Tehumin would be more stringent? And as a result, Rava, what's that? But again, the isur of, of walking in the tehumin is the oraita. Leaving the eruv tehumin is not per se the oraita in terms of, we're not dealing with any isurim per se and putting down food. It's kind of what Nathan was asking for. What are you doing? You're doing nothing. You're leaving food down. It's not really effectuating anything in the scheme of things. Uh, the Gemara says, no, when you do eruv tehumin, it might look worse. How so? Delimikne. Shivita b'shabeta lo. Lemikne sounds like the word lehaknot or liknot, to acquire, to establish. Shivita, lishbot means to rest, like a dwelling place. B'shabeta. B'shabeta sounds like Shabbat. Rashi on the right hand side. Delemikne shivita b'shabeta. Rashi writes. Lav dafka shabbeta nakat. We don't really mean Shabbat. We're not dealing with Shabbat. We're dealing with Yom Tov, Thursday and Friday Yom Tov. Ela Yom Tov kare shabbeta. When the Gemara refers to in this context the word shabbeta, it's really referring to Yom Tov. Not so crazy. This past week's parasha, parashat emor. On more than one occasion, we refer to the holidays as Shabbaton, both with regard to Sukkot as well as Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Elsewhere, the Torah has Pesach, the Shabbaton. So we'll, we'll refer to the holidays as Shabbat as well. What's the statement in turn of the Gemara? The Gemara statement is that when it comes to Eruf Tehumin, there might be something more difficult, something more stringent at play. What is that? 
that you're building or establishing a resting place. What's the problem with building and establishing a uh, theoretical uh, resting place? I'm not actually establishing something. I'm building a home. I'm not uh, erecting uh, some sort of structure over there. What's the issue? Uh, so it's not fully clear in our Gemara. Again, before we talk about what the specific issue is, why is the Gemara mentioning this? We had two statements. First statement was that of Rav. Rav said when it comes to Eruv Tehumin, Uli, Thursday, holiday, I forgot to do my Eruv Tehumin, and I promised my grandmother that I'm going to visit her 4,000 Amot out of the city on Shabbat. What am I going to do now? Rest assured, leave an Eruv Tehumin on Thursday and say, if today is Kodesh, this is nothing. If today is Chol, this is my Eruv Tehumin. On Friday, same statement, same Eruv, do the same statement. Ultimately speaking, when it comes to Shabbat, I'm in luck, I'll be able to walk. Eruv Tavshilin likewise was the statement of Ravah. The Gemara said that first statement of Rav, of Rav was more novel. If you permit Eruv Tehumin, you certainly permit the same Tenai condition by Eruv Tavshilin. The Gemara said, However, Rava's statement by Eruv Tafshilin, he might draw the line. He might say only Eruv Tafshilin because Eruv Tehomin is more stringent. Why is it more stringent? What am I doing? Ultimately speaking, it's a piece of bread, a little bit of a meal, and it's a piece of bread, a little bit of meal in both of these circumstances. Says the Gemara, because you're establishing a dwelling place on Yom Tov. What's the issue of establishing some sort of dwelling place? Several of the Rishonim, the Hachme Sefarad, Rashba, and others suggest that the issue over here is it's a Kinyan. Now the Gemara will in just a moment, and we've already had, and we even discussed it outside, circumstance situations where there is permitted Kinyan to acquire something on Yom Tov. Effectively, the most you're going to be dealing with is an Isumid Rabbanan of its Mecca Humim commerce on Shabbat on Yom Tov. But in this circumstance, apparently the rabbis, according to Rashba and others, said it looks wrong. You're establishing it, so to speak, acquiring that place as my dwelling place, inappropriate on Yom Tov. And as a result, by Eruv Tehumin, Rava would say, this does not apply. You can't do that on Yom Tov. Tosafot on the left-hand side, alternatively, Dibura Mathil, Maita'ama, if you look, just... Uh, hmm. How many lines down? Uh, if, you, if you count from the bottom, so the bottom of that long tosafot, that long narrow tosafot, if you count upward, two, four, six, eight, ten, uh, twelve, thirteen lines upward, uh, or fourteen lines upward, two words before the end of the line says tosafot, lekach nir'alefaresh. It would therefore, based on their conversation until then, appear to them to interpret the Gemara, the ta'ama dehacha. The reason over here is yesh lomar mishum hachana. Oh, that's a word we haven't heard in a long time. It reckons us all the way back to Daf Dalit. Hachana de was one type of hachana. Vahcheka amar, we'll explain what that word is in a moment if you forgot. Asur le mikne shivita beshabeta mishum dahainu hachana ve'en mechinin miyom tob le shabbat. Hachana uh, effectively is uh, a mukse circumstance where something was not prepared before the holy day and now I'm establishing it and now I'm procuring it and now I'm turning it into something. It could have been in the context of an egg, which didn't exist beforehand and now does exist. It could alternatively be that I'm establishing this as a place for dwelling on Shabbat or on Yom Tov, inappropriate if it wasn't there beforehand. This was a concept, it's a conversation we saw in Mahlok and maybe Bet Shemayim Bet maybe Rabbi Shimon Bihuda. saw this earlier in our Masechet. Ultimately speaking, that's the issue over here. When it comes to Eruv Tehumin, above and beyond Eruv Tavshilin, Eruv Tavshilin, what did you do? You put some 
food. It'll be my meal on Shabbat. No commercial activity. Rashba involved. No uh, preparation with regards to something, an entity which didn't exist beforehand. There's food when it comes to Eruv Tehumin. That's where we draw the line. Says the Gemara, maybe Rava, the second opinion of our Gemara, would be lenient when it comes to Eruv Tafshilin, but he would not when it comes to Eruv Tehumin. There is, uh, to Charlie's question, are we posek lahalacha this way? There's an interesting words of Harambam in Perek Vav Hilchot Yom Tov, Halacha Yodal Halacha Tetvav. Harambam, in the context of this and one or two other halachot suggest that these laws are no longer applicable. What do you mean? It's in the Gemara. How could they no longer be applicable? Says Harambam says, do you know how uh, Yom Tob Sheni works today? Yom Tob Sheni, I'm explaining Harambam based on Nagid Mishneh. Yom Tob Sheni is no longer a safik. We're no longer uncertain as to which one of these two days is the holy day and which one's the uh, whole day. We know the first day, based on our establishment, understanding of the calendar and of the cyclical motion of our moon and sun, we know exactly when the first day of the month is, we know exactly when the first day of the holiday is. We keep, nonetheless, as the Gemara told us earlier in our Masechet, the second day is minhag avotenu biyadenu, but there's no longer a safik, there's no longer a doubt about that second day. You can no longer say, well, if today is the weekday, so this will be the establishment, and tomorrow is the holy day, or if there's no such thing. We keep the first day as absolute Kodesh, and we keep the second day as absolute Minhag Kodesh. There's no such thing as it might be a weekday any longer. The Gemara told us explicitly, Minhag Avotenu we now keep it as a new status of a day, a new stature of a day. It's true, there are leniencies that are applicable on that second day, but not a leniency to the extent Harambam is arguing that I could or should be saying, well, if today was not a holy day, of course it's a holy day, albeit Minhag, albeit rabbinic in nature, but it is holy, you in turn, says Harambam, no longer have an applicability of this statement in our Gemara once we are yad'inan and established the kiv'adi yarcha, bekiv'adi yarcha, the establishment of the months in their fullest sense. How are we going to go lahalacha on this matter? As a result, the poskim do argue, do state that taking into consideration Harambam, it's true, many disagree, Ra'avad and others disagree with Harambam, but taking into account Harambam, there are other ways of dealing with a situation where a person forgot the eruv tavshilin on the holiday, they look around and realize, I forgot it, what are they to do? They should be dependent upon the gadol ha'ir, they should turn to the rabbi and make certain that someone, and the assumption is, left in eruv tavshilin for them. What if it's second transgression? We saw in the Gemara, Abu Hadishmuel yells at the blind man, your second transgression, you no longer have a chance. Should they then do the conditional item? Many of the poskim, like Hacham Vadya Yosef, argue, still don't. Haram Bam would tell you it's not effective. What am I to do? Well, you might recall we said that according to Hacham Vadya, quoting from Shelot Shbot Knesset Yechezkel, the halacha is today we assume that the person who's leaving the Eruv Tafshilin on behalf of the entire community is doing it even for those people who are forgetful more than once. We no longer have that mindset, the harsh and strict mindset that I'm only leaving it for the first time and not the second time. It's all dependent upon the mindset of the person who left it. And we should, the people who should leave it should have such a lenient mindset. And in turn, you shouldn't be forgetful. But if you were forgetful more than once, this conditional business of our Gemara, although many poskim would argue even applicable today, since Harambam would not, we would tell you to veer in the direction of uh, the Gadol Ha'ir in such a circumstance. Okay, that's what we have uh, thus far in our Gemara. The Gemara goes on to another altogether different issue. Uh, says, go ahead. 
It's different than the beta. Yes, Tos. All right, you read on. We're in Tosafot, Mabruk. Uh, Tos. Yes, yeah. All good. Tosafot. Tos, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. You're wonderful. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't putting you down. I was. I was impressed. Okay, okay. I. I got good sleep last night. Um, anyway, Tosafot uh, uh, does go on to distinguish that potentially. Tosafot, let's let's recall what Jared's referring to. Tosafot is talking about why you would distinguish between eruv tehumin and eruv tafshilin, arguing that the eruv tehumin, when the Gemara says lemikne shivita b'shabeta, the issue is hachana. Says Jared, but wait a second. We had opinions there on daf dalid that there's no such issue of hachana. Our Gemara matter-of-factly is saying, according to Rava, who's a very important opinion, you'd have a problem of hachana. This, it wasn't prepared. It's getting prepared on the holiday. Well, we had opinions over there who, or, or primary opinions, who seem to dispute this whole issue. How come the Gemara doesn't take them into account? And so what Tosafot argues and suggests is that we should distinguish between types of hachana. If it's a hachana that I'm doing with my hands, it might be more problematic then if it just kind of transpired, if it's just a egg which just came into being. We talked about such issues in Tosafot back then. We talked about it at one point in the Gemara. It is an important conversation, but since, full disclosure why I decided not to discuss it, since we haven't talked about Hachana for quite some time, and I did refer to this distinction at that point, I felt it inappropriate to deal with at, at length, at least right now. So as the Gemara onward, Tanur Rabbanan, another Beraita, bringing us to another issue relevant very much to Yom Tov, but not to our issues that we've been specifically deal with until, dealing with until now. We did refer to this AB at one point in the past as well. En ofin mi Yom Tov First and foremost, a uh, Charles Shehebar question. Are you allowed to? He knows he can't, but he asked about it once or twice. You can't go from one Yom Tov into the next in preparation. That's inappropriate. Both, uh, you can't in such a circumstance, uh, keep in mind as well, if we're to imagine that one of them is Kodesh and the other one's whole, then you're certainly in trouble. I have two Yamim Tobim, and I'm imagining one is Kodesh and the other one's whole potentially, or at the very least, I'm treating the second one as a lighter level. I can't go from Kodesh into whole. There's major issues. We talked about the major issues of prepare, preparing from Yom Tob to Shabbat. Keep in mind, the whole Eruv Tafsilin entity might be specifically because of that issue. According to one opinion in the Gemara, that's an Isur from the Torah to prepare from Yom Tov to a weekday. And so as a result, Eruv Tavshilin, which is from Yom Tov for a Shabbat, the rabbis, ah, oh, we're going to draw the line. We're nervous that you'll go from Yom Tov into a weekday. Such a circumstance. By extension, same idea. If you're going from one Yom Tov into the next Yom Tov, it's problematic, certainly, into Holam Oed. There is a question, and it is permitted, although I don't know, if you're going to go from first day to last day of Yom Tov, both Yamim Tovim, that would be permitted. I don't know exactly who's doing that. I don't know who's preparing the meals in such a fashion. You got to deal with your next day first, and you're going to deal with it then. Anyway, Enofin Miyom Tov Lehavero continues the Beraitan. It starts with these words, Be'emet Amru. You'll, from time to time, it's rare, but you'll see these words either in Beraitot sometimes, maybe once in a Mishnah as well. Uh, what do the words mean? In truth, they stated. 
those words might be very telling. Some of the Mepharshim suggest is telling you those words mean this is the halakha. Otherwise, others suggest this is halakha Moshe Misinai. We have a tradition. Those are key and code words for this is very important what we're about to tell you. If a person, if a woman who's preparing her meal for Yom Tov, while well, she realizes, I only need how many members we have in the family? Six. We'll have two extra pieces. I only need about eight pieces of meat over here. Uh, but, you know, something would be nice to have extra for tomorrow as well so that I don't need to prepare again tomorrow a meal. What she's allowed to do is not two separate, pe- two separate dishes put them into the uh, oven, two separate pyrexes or pots or pans. What she needs to do and is permitted for her to do is within that same pot, she has her eight pieces, she can put another 10 pieces into it. She can have a huge pot and put as many pieces as she wants. What's that called? In such a circumstance, we're talking about we're talking about ribui bishi'urim is the halachic terminology. We're greatening, we're, ma- we're making greater the amount that's in contradistinction to what we call ribui b'ma'asim. She's not allowed to do two separate actions if one is preparation for the next day. If it's one action, and I just put more in, and as a result, I pushed the, the same item I would have put into the oven anyway, that's permitted. Ribui b'shi'urim is mutar. Ribui b'ma'asim, ribui milashon harbe, making more in actions. Tirha, it's, it's, uh, it's inappropriate, unnecessary uh, exertion. That's asur. So, even if it's obvious. Even if it's obvious, yes. Because in such a circumstance, there's a specific leniency, midrabbanan, on Yom Tov. We'll talk in just a second, that's the piece of paper, about on Shabbat, why this isn't so. You'd have to prepare the pot before you're putting it into the oven. I imagine, I imagine that's how Rashba happens to write this explicitly. I didn't know anyone would do it differently. Who opens the oven and throws the pieces in? But you're right. The pieces need to be prepared beforehand in the pot and then one, piece, one movement into the oven. What's that? And as a result, you can have it on the next day of Yom Tov. Salman says it looks like a real ha'arama. It looks like uh, uh, conniving. It is. But it's permitted. There's no such issue in such a... Nobody looks at you and says, oh my goodness, I can't believe it's permitted. Everyone says he's doing the permitted way of preparing because you're not overexerting. It's not... So, uh, baking a bigger cake, absolutely. Baking separate loaves of bread, we'll deal with in a moment. Yes, baking a larger cake, a larger challah, all would be permitted as a result, uh, as an extension. Same idea. A nahtom means a baker. A havit shelnaim means a barrel of water. You're allowed to take a barrel of water, which you're in turn going to be heating up, and you're allowed to take a bag, even though all you need, baker man, uh, is just a kiton, a smaller measurement, a smaller amount. But I could take a full barrel and heat that on the fire. Of course, I'll use it, but really all I needed was one kiton. Such a circumstance, ribui b'shi'urim mutar aval. However, uh, draws the line, the beraita, le'efot eno ofeh, ela mashasarichlo. When it comes to baking loaves of bread, you can't put one loaf of bread and then another loaf of bread and then another loaf of bread. That would be prohibited. Why that be prohibited again? That's ribui b'ma'asim. You're putting several pieces into the oven. Rabbi Shimon ben El-Azhar omer, 
מפני שהפת נאפת יפה בזמן שהתנור מלר. בשמעון בן אלעזר, however, points out, he says, listen, it might be a ריבוי במעשים, you might be doing more actions than you need for this day, than you need for the first day of Yom Tov. However, if it's helping the production for that day, meaning by having more loaves of bread, which I'm not going to eat on Yom Tov, Rishon, but it's going to be helping the baked bread that I will be eating on that day, the more loaves I have in a small oven, the more closed up the oven is, the faster and the finer my bread gets baked. As a result, I'll use all those other ones as ancillary, as side uh, products, mechanisms to making a better baking of my challah, of my piece of bread. That would be permitted. But I'm not going to be eating those other pieces of bread on the first day. It doesn't matter. But it's ribuy b'ma'asim. It doesn't matter because says Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, I have an additional advantage over here. The additional advantage is that by having those other ones, I've closed up the airspace inside and I've made my piece Piece of bread better. Technical purposes in order to make a better baking. What's that? If that were the reality, so then you could do so as well. But uh, the assumption is, and I'll explain to you why this is the assumption as I understand, they used to stick their bread to the sides of the oven. And so I think the idea being, the more you stuck it to the sides of the oven, the more you really closed it in. As opposed to putting two pots, as opposed to one pot, I don't know that it really closes the space. But if it is in such a way, and you're a connoisseur, and you've determined that, then by extension, it's the exact same thing. Yes, wonderful question, says Danny Mastery, says, uh, says Dr. Mastery, says, what about if it's on one tray? By extension, that would be permitted as well. It wasn't the reality they were dealing with. They were sticking them to the wall, so they weren't dealing with trays. But if you're putting it in on a tray, as we would today, that would be a ribuy be shi'urim, not a ribuy be ma'asim. It would be just like the pot, the pan of the, uh, of, of the meat that we talked about earlier. Amar Rava, Rava concludes this and says, Halakha, Kribishimon bin El Azar, Bishimon bin El Azar did not disagree with the first statement, he only extended it. He agrees that Ribui Bishi'urim is mutar, the woman's allowed to fill up her kedera with many pieces of meat, Afalpi, even though she only needs one or two today, or six today, and she puts in more. However, Bishimon bin El Azar extends that and says, even when it comes to baked items, even when it comes to sticking the the bread onto the sides of the oven, that would be permitted as well, but it's a ribuy b'ma'asim, but nonetheless, since it's aiding the production of the piece of bread, the halal that I want to eat on the holiday, that would be permitted. Uh, just uh, briefly, if you take a look at the piece of paper in front of you, the piece of paper in front of you is from the back of standard Gemarot, and the back of the Gemara has the commentary in the middle of the page of Rif. Rif, his name was Rabbi Yitzhak Al-Fasi. Rif wrote uh, a, a commentary, not a commentary, per se, but more a collection of the halachot found in the Gemara. That's what you find in the middle of the page. On the outer uh, column of the page, on the right-hand side, you have the commentary on Rif, known as Ran. Ran, his name was Ribin Nisim. Rabbeinu Nisim was from Girona. He lived in Spain in the 14th century, uh, from mid to late 14th century. And he has a commentary, it's really on the Gemara, but he bases it on Rif. It was the best place you could make your way onto the page. So he has a commentary that surrounds Rif on many masichtot. If you look on the right-hand side, and again, it looks almost like Tosafot, where he starts with the words Umiha, the big word Umiha. It says, Umiha mashma de lerabot b'shi'ura b'yom tob mutar. 
Okay, so that, that we know already what those words mean. At the very least, we can deduce from our sugya that lerabot that to extend the measurement, not the actions, is permitted on Yom Tov. Okay, skip those next words for a moment, and then uh, skip maybe three, four lines down. It says, umihu, however, ikalamedak. I should uh, look into this matter. It says there's a gemara in Masech Menachot and Dafsamech Dalid, which seems to suggest otherwise. Uh, for purposes of time, I'm going to very briefly summarize for you what emerges from that sugyat. In Masech Manachot and Dafsamechtal, what emerges is that even in a situation where a person's sick on Shabbat, and as a result, you're allowed to do work for them, you need to minimize the sort of work you're doing in order to give them the appropriate food. A person's hole, you need to give them food, but you minimize in the type of work that you'll do in order to give them the sufficient amount. You don't go above and beyond. For example, what emerges implicitly from the Gemara is the following. If I have the option, listen to the option for a moment, all I need are two figs, two grogrot, uh, to give to this sick person. And I have on one stem two grogrot, and on the other stem, which I'm going to need to pick off, which of course is going to be the issue of picking it off, three. I'm supposed to prefer the two over the three. All I need is two, not the third one. Ask Ran, ask Rabbeinu Nisim, but wait a second, that's Ribui B'Shi'urim. That should be permitted. Why is it any different? Ultimately speaking, it's one action, breaking the branch off of the tree, and then I'm giving two, or two in any circumstance, I can hold on to the third one. What seems to emerge is that Shabbat is different. Why should Shabbat be different than Yom Tov? suggests Ran one of two answers. First one he quotes from Ri, from Ba'aleha Tosafot. He says, Shabbat is more hamur, is more stringent in general than Yom Tov. Shabbat is an Isur Sekila, it gets stoned if you do the activity. Yom Tov, where there's already permissibilities, first and foremost, the violations are lower, and secondly, you have a heter for ochel nefesh, for preparing food in a general sense. We're more lenient. Ribui b'shi'urim is mutar on Yom Tov, whereas it wouldn't be on Shabbat. Secondly, and more profoundly, Ran suggests, he says, listen, perhaps it goes like this. The distinction between Shabbat and Yom Tov goes as follows. There's a longer conversation. Hacham Vadya has a Tishubah about this, uh, talking about several of the ramifications. He says, qualitatively, it's two different realities. When it comes to Yom Tov and it's Ochil Nefesh, it's food for the day, we look at it as Hutra, it's Mutar, it's permitted to do this. It's permitted. That means that if you turn to the person and say, is this permitted or not? 100% permitted. However, there are guidelines. There are rules for how it's permitted. And Shabbat, it's what we call Dehuyab. It's pushed aside. It's Asur. However, I can find room for leniency if the person's sick and so forth. That mindset, those two different ways of articulating, sounds like semantics. It's mutar with guidelines, or it's asur, but there's guidelines for permitting. Sounds like semantics. There are many significant ramifications. One of them is this. Sazran goes like this. If it's Yom Tov, it's permitted. So what am I doing more? I'm doing one action. There's extra things. It was permitted to begin with. We don't draw the line over there. When it comes to Shabbat, where it's dehuya, where it's pushed aside, it is relevant. We're just pushing it out of the way. We'll push it out of the way, but not in a circumstance of ribui b'shi'urim. Again, it's a longer, and, and we will have opportunity to develop it a little bit further on another occasion. Maybe even actually read from the page that I gave to you. But um, ultimately speaking, that's how we, we conclude this sugya. So again, we learned two things today. 
first sugya was the issue of it's Yom Tov. I haven't prepared my eruv tehumin, my eruv tefshilin. Talked about a potential distinction between the two. We talked about Haram Bam's opinion and the Pesach Halacha in such a circumstance. And then we talked about the difference between ribui, what we call ribui b'shi'urim or ribui b'ma'asim. We talked about the opinion of Bishimon ben El Azar. And then we talked about the Rishonim Ran specifically discussion about why Shabbat is more stringent than Yom Tov on this matter. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Amen.